0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast and straight off the bat, apologies. Some kind of weird technical issue right at the start of the podcast meant we lost video at the at, at the least. Um, nine times sure what happened, it was a small glitch. Don't think we lost too much content but it was a bit of a weird one. Uh, we're also a man short this week. So uh, there's that to deal with, but all the great football content is still here. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review. The big one there, share the podcast around. Word of mouth, it's fantastic, especially where podcasting is concerned. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, football podcast. (coughs)
1: Recording in progress mm-hmm. She's not wrong. Welcome on in ladies and gentlemen welcome back It's your, uh, it's your weekly update for the cookie cats podcast network from the football flavor uh, For the uh, eagle-eyed amongst you watching on YouTube. You'll notice that there's not Four handsome smiling faces looking back you this week. We're a man light um, Mark's been sent for an early bath as it were so we're uh, we're, we're running one man light, running uh, a man man down, as it were. Uh, So we'll have to hope that our uh, training has has come into force so we know how to play a man light. Um, Hopefully he's back on the pod next week, giving us all the Nottingham Forest news and whatnot. So, we won't waste any time, we'll jump straight in. Week 30 has come and gone. Uh, For some of us, Maybe better than others. <clears throat> well, we, won't, uh, we won't jump to conclusion just yet. So we start the week with the first of the televisual fixtures. Uh, that took place in Pumberside, where Hull City took on West Bromwich Albion live on the Sky Telly box. Now, I understand you weren't there in attendance for this live, but you may have watched. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Um, unfortunately
2: for the, the football fan... Um it, it, this was the second season pass game That we've missed The first one wasn't in the country Because they're lucky like that uh, This one however was Busy su- surprising a friend in real life Which uh, was much more fun <laughs> In many ways um, However yeah we did we did get to see the game still um, Hold up in a lovely little pub In, uh, in Bakewell of all places um, so yeah, very good um, The game seemed really back and forth in the first half Either team could have taken the lead uh, But after 20 minutes uh, West Brom hit the bar And then Allsop saved from the rebound as well So nice and alert keeping It was Wallace that hit the bar And then uh, he saved from moa A little bit later on um, 15 minutes after Hull got a corner um, from the left-hand side, took it quickly, and it played out to the front front edge of the box, um, where Cavalio picked it up and decided to absolutely fucking smash it <laughs> straight into the net. The, there was no no messing. It was easily one of the best goals I probably could
1: have seen in person because it would have been at our end as well. Um, I love the fact that that the uh, the sort of there was the. The finesse shown by Cavallo was obviously not the finesse shown by you but they're Just saying that he fucking smashed
2: it. <laughs> Honestly, that like <laughs> again, we seem to be we seem to be having this um, phenomenon of in recent games whereby if we score a goal, the goalkeeper just sort of waves at it and high fives it on its way into the net. And yet again, it was a slapped his hand on the way into the net kind of thing so it had so much power on it. But it was it was. Really good. It was like to the point where I think everybody just put their drink down at the table and was just like, Do you know what? That was just like unbelievable. Um it's one of them where if we didn't have Philogene in the side with all these little trickery goals that he scored this year, that would be easily up there for goal of the season contender for my money. Um it was it was that good. Um but yeah. Hull one luck it was a back and forth game, so it, it was what it was, happy obviously that we'd gone in front, but um, if the game was then to carry on, you knew it wouldn't be long before there was a chance at the other end, and unfortunately, eight minutes after, Furlong um, equalised from a corner, and as we've just mentioned him, it, it, it was Philogene not picking up his man.
1: Recording in progress.
2: Um so yeah, so I'm not really sure what happened there other than the zoom lady decided that she was gonna chuck a gremlin at us, so apologies if that this sounds a little bit broken. However, um not quite as broken as the whole defence were just uh, two minutes before half time when we let in an equaliser. Um, so yeah, as as I was saying, might have come through, might not, but Sky decided to use the tagline of hull in front, not for long as Burlong decided to uh, put that equaliser in. Um, The second half was kind of much of the same as the first, in the sense it was both teams going at it. It was quite quite an enjoyable game, probably, for the neutral. Um, I don't think it was a terrible game by any stretch. Um, Hull and West Brom hit the post late on. Um, The draw was probably a fair result. However... Philogene shot, which hit the base of the post, was one of them that almost rolled along the line, and it was like God damn, like just two centimeters. Everybody wants that extra two centimeters, but two centimeters in the right direction, um, and that that would have been a hell of a finish. Um, but yeah, the draw still sits hull in the top six, which is always a bonus after the uh, the way that the weekend's results went. Um, I thought this game, like I say, was was a fairly even game, and Again, a draw definitely for me was a fair result. However, looking at, looking at the statistics, again, possession-wise, as I tend to do, apparently Hull had 65% of the possession. If anybody actually watched that game whilst it was on TV and thought Hull had that much more possession than West Brom, like, I mean, you, you maybe had a stopwatch and was counting it yourself, but like, I would never, ever have said that that was the case. Um, shots on target probably puts it a little bit more into perspective Is the fact that Hull had 3 and West Brom had 4 So uh, that, that probably is, a, is the better one to read From from how the game went in, in actuality But yeah, final score 1-1 with Cavalio for Hull And Furlong
1: for West Brom hmm. Interesting stuff So um, Yourself and Mr Cook Had both gone for 2-0 wins Andy had gone for a 2-0 Hull win with Sharp and Zorori to score. You had gone for a 2-0 West Brom win with Wyman and Wallace to score. So both of them get zero points.
2: And Andy hit the bar, so I was like, again, two centimetres away from more points. Or any points. Yeah, but, but, but,
1: but Hull would have lost.
2: Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'll take sixth place over no points on the podcast if that's...
1: Exactly. Um, myself, I had gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. Uh, so I got a point for the draw. Sadly, I didn't have any of the goal scorers. I had Zeruri, Philogene for Hull, Vyman and Swift for West Brom. Um, now, whilst he didn't pick either of the goal scorers, Mr Moore did pick a 1-1 draw. So bagged himself two points for the correct score line. He had Philogene and Johnston as goal scorers in that one. So Stuart and Andy like to get off the mark, me with one point, Uh, Matt with two points from the first game of the week.
0: At this point in time, I'd just like to uh, point out, probably uh, a little impromptu, but um, every single football podcast that Matt's not been on, he's won the week. Statistically, I believe.
2: It's almost becoming a tactic at this point, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, if we cast our mind back to last week, he also smashed it last week with 12 yeah, points. Yeah, statistically he
0: wins four. most weeks. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it's almost a done deal yes, at this uh,
1: point that he's not here, so. <laughs> yeah, I believe it just it just falls into the category of, he, he, he kind of knows football. Um, So, s- speaking of Mr. Boyer, we move to his team next as Aston Villa were taking on... Nottingham Forest. Um, I did actually end up watching the game back as I knew that that wasn't going to be on on the on the pod so I watched the game back to so go through the goal. Um l- Let's just say it didn't start well for Forest as uh, four minutes into the game they found themselves 1-0 down. Um, the ball had been played up to Leon Bailey uh, down the right-hand side he worked his way to the box uh, and just squared it across the yeah across the six yard box for an easy tap in for Watkins from what two yards out and that was the, like I say that was four minutes into the game. So the uh, you might say the right was on the wall already for Forest. Uh, one became two on the 29th minute. Um, uh, again, the ball down the right hand side. It was the right back Matty Cash of course, x Forest. Um, can you put a ball into... Oh,
2: is he is he Matty Cash now, or is he Matthias, or whatever he went to? Uh,
1: it's, it? it's, it's one of those... That I thought, when, I, when I'd heard the, the details and the fact that he got his, his Polish passport, that he had to have like his name converted to a Polish name, but I can't seem to find anything on the internet that's telling me what his Polish name is. So I don't know if it's just Matthew, but with like, maybe a J or a Z thrown in. Or one of those string bells with the with the line through it actually comes through as a sound.
2: Living in a household that um, has recently completed the Premier League card collection, thanks to my uh, boys, I, uh, I I may be able to see what it says officially on his Premier League card if, uh, oh. if we get chance by by the end of this.
1: Well, we'll we'll keep that space open. Uh, but it was. Senor Cash down the right hand side who put the ball into Jacob Ramsey um, again it's that sort of area of the box where Forrest had not been able to, um, to to defend well enough. Um, he cut the ball back uh, so around the penalty spot where Douglas Luiz was there to, uh, to finish neatly to make it 2-0. Two became three on the 39th minute and it was uh, that man was released yet again. Um, Villa had a corner. (laughs) You'll be shocked to hear it was from the right-hand side. Um, uh, The the ball was cleared somewhat uh, and then uh, it managed to make its way back out to uh, John McGinn uh, on the right-hand side of the box. Um, He cut back a couple of times to try and get space, wrong-footed the defender and sent a lovely ball in uh, from the right-hand side where Luis was, was pretty much unmarked in the box, uh, with a bit of a bullet ever to make it 3-0. Forrest did get a go back, going into half-time. Um, it was a corner on the Forest right-hand side this time. Um, and Morgan Gibbs, White corner, played over to the back post. One he was there for the, with the header back across goal. Uh, and Moussa Niacarte was up from the back and chested the ball Interesting finish if you can make it work, but he was about to say that he was about a yard out would probably be generous But he just basically had to get anything on it To uh, to put it in so for those of you watching on YouTube, you will be able to see there that uh, Matthew Cash is the official title. But he has not had to change his name to anything of a Polish twang or otherwise now when he plays for Poland that might change uh, he may have um, a different spelling of Cash on the back of his shirt, but from what I've seen when they've played in the Euros and the World Cup, I must admit I didn't notice anything other than Cash too on the back of his shirt. So, and he's done well because he's had to go through for a, through a fair amount of cards there actually, to get to Senior Cash. So well, well played, well um, played, So yes, three-one going into the break. At our fact. for. His, Five, like a bit of a trim. Um, so that that goal, back, that the, the goal back was actually scored in the fifth minute of the added on time at the end of the first half. Uh, so we have a bit of a phenomenon where the second goal was technically scored earlier than the first goal was. As Forest scored their second on the forty eighth minute, so to say that they scored in the fiftieth minute technically. Um, is one of those strange phenomena. Um, was it
2: was it just at the point that Tyrell One You got to eighty eight miles per hour. Is that what you are telling us?
1: <laughs> well, I am not going to lie. If, if there is a forest player in the snub that I'd be backing to to get to 80 miles an hour. It's not Tyrell one. Let's put it that way.
2: Well, if he did, he
1: won't be stopping, would he, sir? So. <laughs> he <laughs> certainly wouldn't. He is a he's a big boy. Um, yeah, the ball had been uh, carried pretty much for own half by Anthony Alange. Um I don't know whether he got fouled or if he just felt that he'd been fouled, but he seemed to stop. Um and I don't know if, if I don't know if the villa players stopped with him as well. But the ball might to sort of roll at the path of Divokarie. Um and he was looking to sort of either uh, get the ball out of his feet and have a shot. Uh, but then he noticed that Morgan and Gibbs White was coming from his left hand side into the box. So he made he, he played a lovely little reverse pass to sort of take the villa players completely out of the game to just lay Gibbs White into the uh, into the area. Um, and then Gibbs White with the keeper coming out just managed to clip the ball over him to, uh, to get the second. It was a lovely finish. Um, so obviously then Forrest pushing for that equaliser. Um, sadly, it didn't come. The, the fourth for Aston Villa came on the 61st minute and it was the guy who set up first, Leon Bailey, who scored it. Um, F- uh, Forrest were for one of the better phrase, pissing about with it on the edge of the wrong box. Uh, Yuri Tielemans picked up a loose pass, Um, he played in Ollie Watkins on the left side of the the area, he advanced towards the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper blocked the attempt that Watkins had and it kind of just squirmed at the path of Leon Bailey around the penalty spot and he just had to tuck it away from about uh, 12 yards out. Um, And that's how the game panned out in the end and finished 4-2 to Aston Villa. Um, again, Mr Woodmansey and Mr Cook had gone for a draw this game, Andy had gone 1-1 with Watkins and a 1-1 score, so doesn't get any points for the result, but he does get a point for the fact that Oli Watkins got a goal. Stu had 2-2 with Watkins and McGinn, and then Elanga and Gibbs-White to score for Forrest, so he doesn't get any points for the result, but does get 2 points goal scorers i had gone 2-1 to villa so i get a point for the result i also had watkins and mcginn so i get another bonus point for the goal scorer and i had danilo to stop for forest another bonus points there matt however had also gone 2-1 so in villa point for the result he had watkins and douglas luis score for villa two points there and he had gibbs white to start for forest four points so Andy just at a single point from that game. Myself and Stu, two points. Map four. And we move <coughs> to our third game of the week. And this one won't take long. It was Middlesbrough versus Plymouth. And I believe, what i would said on last week's podcast, is that you'd like to think that going off the back of a result against the top of the league, where they've managed to beat them for the second time, you'd like to think they'd be able to turn that into a nice run of results, where they can prove that they're like on, on the on the cusp of the outskirts of the playoffs for a reason that they can kick on and really uh, really start to trouble in the top six again. So of course they go and lose two no. Without registering or a shot on target. In ninety minutes. Terrible. Club's first was scored by Matthew Sorinola on the seventh minute, so a great start. Uh, The ball had been carried down the left-hand side by Gabby, who looked pretty good um, in the highlights I'd seen. Um, He managed to make his way onto the edge of the box and had a shot, um, which Tom Glover tried to save, but only only managed to parry it straight into the path of Sorinola, um, who finished from about 12 yards out. Not great goalkeeping first the first goal was told as soon as a shot comes into the box to try and parry it away from goal and he basically just put it, he just pushed it straight back out into play so anyone that was in the box or oncoming would have had an easy finish there and that's sadly what's that about to the case. The second for Plymouth came on the 31st minute and was scored by Ryan Hardy um, uh, in the middle of the park it was that one again Giavi uh, um who managed to pick out Hardy on the edge of the box and carried it into the box uh kind of wrong-footed the center half that was trying to defend and then just finished past the goalkeeper another really easy sloppy goal to concede um from the highlights that i saw um there wasn't many other chances really to write up on the bottom about borough if anything it was probably Plymouth are more likely to get another goal and go 3 nil in front um, so just a really really disappointing performance like I say when you're when you're playing at home and you're having no shots registered on target that's bad form. Uh dominated the possession had 68% possession I've more than double the amount of passes 643 to 293 but if you can't work the goalkeeper you're always gonna be up against it um, so yeah very disappointing Um, And sadly, from a podcast perspective, no one had a Plymouth win. Boo. Matt was the only person to give him a goal, and he'd gone for Whittaker to score. So no points across the board for that one. Our fourth game of the week was also live on TV. And it was Bournemouth taking on Andy's newly adopted side of Manchester City. Now, oddly enough, I was in Manchester whilst this game was being played, so I did one better than the Manchester City boys, as they were obviously down on the south coast, play at Bournemouth. Obviously, we have to fingers crossed and just hope that there was no strong winds that were uh, taking place at any point during the course of the game. Uh, it did seem to be that way, as Man City ran out 1-0 winners with a goal scored by Phil Foden in the 24th minute. Um You'll be shocked to hear that only Andy had backed Bournemouth to win with a Solanke goal. So sadly, Mr. Cook, zero points. Uh, Wasn't the Mar-
2: the, at off the back of that game as well. Solanke's come out with a knee injury or something. So, like, they're worried about his, his England prospects and stuff now. It's like just just give him a rest for for a bit. It'll, it'll be right. You would didn't. His knee didn't explode, apparently, but like instantly, it's like, oh, he might not play for England. Wait a minute, is he a the player that's eligible to play for England? Yes. Is he in any kind of form? Yes. So Gareth Southgate, we are picking him anyway. Then yeah, cool.
1: Move on. <laughs> well, you were here first one. Um. So. Matt had gone for a 2-1 Man City win, Solanke, Harland and Doku goals, so sadly no bonus points for goal scorers, he just gets the one point. I had gone for a 3-1 Man City, Harland, Ake and Foden, so I get a point for the result, bonus point for Foden getting the goal. Um, Mr Woodmansey had selected a 1-0 Manchester City win. Sadly, he did pick Alvarez as his goal scorer, so doesn't get the uh, doesn't get the extra bonus point for getting everything spot on there. Uh, but he does back two points. So after four games, um, Andy one point from those four games, Stu four points from four games, myself five points from four games. Mister Moore, he's done it again, he's streaking ahead with seven points from four games so far. Two games left to go through. They are both. the FA Cup but before we get to Luton Town versus Manchester City we are just going to step away and take a small break just to recompose ourselves don't touch that dial as we'll be right back recording in progress welcome on back so we left you with two games to go through from week 13 the first of which Saw Luton Town taking on Mr. Cook's adopted side, Manchester City. Now, as we said, this was an FA Cup round game. Um, and as I said before, for the at least the third year in the world, I think these games were taking place midweek so as to not, uh, so as to not affect the weekend schedule too much in to uh, rearrange fixtures later on the season. Um, also also with the replay function taken out yes i had forgotten about that these were single times um they said something on what on the coverage of one of the games and i completely missed it um they say that after this the, the, the replays get put back in I, I'm, so, I missed that as well but like it no, just
2: I'm, it, it seems it seems a little bit bizarre for like yeah we've got replays up until this point i like Either do it or don't do it. I can't remember. Yeah. I read an article in the week that some 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 ex footballer had suggested that, regardless of um, how the balls come out in the draw, if like the lower league, whoever is ranked lowest in the league should always have it as the home tie. And I was like, but then what's the point? What's the point in doing the draw like that? Then like it didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't like that.
1: Yeah, I kinda see I, I kinda see the point. I mean like you could offer it up as a sort of a they can have the option to take it as a hot type if they want. Or right if it's like that, Man United and so like that, and they can feel get more money from the gate like and of they'd rather have it at all traffic and well like that. I couldn't understand that bit, but yeah. Strange one. So Luton versus Manchester City. To say this one would come as a contest within Forty minutes would be a bit of an understatement. Um, so just to fast forward to the end, Manchester City won this game six-two. Erling Haaland scored five of the six goals for Manchester City. So this was his. This was his. I think they said it was either his seventh or his eighth hat trick for Manchester City. It is the first one he's completed away from the Etihad Stadium. So I think when he was on two, and we were getting towards half-time, I believe in his own mind he was in the, was in the thought process of, I need to get this sorted before half-time. Pep's taking me off at half-time if I don't get the, don't get the third. Uh, so he motored, and he got goals on the third, 18th, and 40th minute. to put Manchester, Manchester City 3-0 no up. Luton did eat it. Uh, players did get a goal back before half-time with jordan clark scoring his first goal since the playoff final at wembley um he then made it it was it was a very very good goal it was one of those ones where he could literally have not picked the ball up and placed it in the corner of the of the goal better um absolutely flat-footed the goalkeeper um I'd like to think there was, uh, even the City fans behind that goal, which the goal was scored into, applauded that one, because it was, it was one element of it. Um Seven minutes after the restart, he was at it again, um, making it 2-3 in Luton's, uh, in, I say in Luton's favourite, to put Luton back in the tie. Um, and then, within the space of three minutes, Harland had put the game to bed, scoring in the 55th and 58th minute to make it 5-2. Um, City had the sixth in the 72nd minute with Mateo Kovacic getting a goal. Um, but when the, when the fourth Haaland goal went in on the 55th minute, I was a little bit disappointed because the first three had been uh, assisted by Kevin De Bruyne and the fourth was assisted by Bernardo Silva and I was very sad that that particular streak had ended because I just wanted all the goals to be scored by the same guy for the rest of the night. It was like, and, and the assists to be the same, but sadly. That wasn't the case. So, yeah, 6-2 Man City ran out winners in the end. A very ominous honest, uh, honest look for the rest of the field.
2: A special shout-out to the BBC for selecting both the Newcastle Black, oh, sorry, Blackburn-Newcastle game and the Bournemouth-Leicester games to show, which um, Bournemouth-Leicester finished 0-0 at full-time and uh, Blackburn-Newcastle finished 1-1 at full-time was possibly one of the worst games of football that i have uh, had the misfortune of watching of, of late um, well, yeah it's
1: it very much a case of look at what you could have won bbc but what i will say is this was one of those times because there was only eight games all eight games were available on tv in some form or fashion they were all broadcast at different times of the different times of the week so the games are played across monday tuesday and wednesday at all games as far as I was aware were available on ITV or BBC. Um Mr Cook didn't back his boys. He'd gone for a one 0 loop win with Adebayo to score. Nil flat for Mr Cook, sadly. I'd gone for two 0 City with Alvarez and Bob to score. So sadly no goal scorers, just just the one point for the uh, for the results for me. Stu and Matt had both gone for 3-1 at Man City wins. Uh, They both picked Morris to score for Luton. Um, They both had Foden to score for Man City. Stu had Rodri. Matt had Bob. He also had Alvarez where Stu had Harland. So Stu managed to bag himself a bonus point for the goal scorer, giving him two. Myself and Matt just getting one point each. And we finished out the week with Nottingham Forest taking on Manchester United in the other FA Cup 5th round tie. Now this one, um, I wouldn't say it was a bad game, but there wasn't much that happened in it from what I can remember seeing. Um, Forest had a couple of chances, United had a couple of chances. Looked like it was heading towards extra time um, until the 89th minute. Man United got a free kick on the left-hand side and King shits out himself. Bruno Fernandes swung the ball in uh, where Casemiro found himself challenging for a header. It was quite a brave header actually, to be fair, that he just got on the end of uh, to flick it past the goalkeeper, Matt Turner to give United the lead. Um, he actually got a cut on his head um, from the challenge, which drew quite a lot of bloodbaths so he had to, be, he had to get uh, either bandaged up or stapled or stitched on the side of the pitch to, to be able to continue they played about 9 or 10 minutes worth of injury time in this one um, but, but Man United did manage to hold on uh, and get the win uh, by one goal to nil to move into the um, quarter finals uh, on this one it's weird Nick it? because Casemiro was obviously brought to the club as a defensive midfielder to sort of try and break the game up for United, and it's ended up being that he's, he's been more beneficial to him in a goal scoring per, like, capacity, which is odd, because um, that's never really been part of his game. Got, he's got a few goals in Real Madrid, but it was never really part of his, uh, part of his arsenal, so to speak. Um, Predictions-wise, Andy had gone for a 1-1 draw, with a 1-8 and Rakshman to score, so sadly, no points for Mr Cook. The rest of us had all gone for varying degrees of Manchester United win. I'd gone 2-1. Stu had gone 2-1. Matt had gone 4-1. And sadly, none of us had Samira in our goal scores. We all did pretty, pretty much, all of us had Hoyland. Uh, and uh, I believe Stu pointed out in our text group that just after we finished recording, he was announced being out for three weeks. That was nice. Stu obviously knew and just didn't say anything as he picked... Rashford and Garnacho to score. Someone would call that slimy bastardness, but you know, not I me. Absolutely I would did not know.
0: I, at I would never be boxing
2: that sort of thing. I did not know at the time of recording. And plus, do you think if I was really uh, like, I mean, wow, I picked Rashford. That that guy could not score at one of his four AM parties at the moment. So,
1: <laughs> to uh, to borrow a phrase from uh, Ollie um, Ian Holloway. Um, he's the sort of player who could fall in a barrel of booze and come out sucking his own thumb. So, point each for myself, Stu and Matt, on that one, which means that for the week, sadly, Mr Cook just the one point from six games. With seven points apiece, myself and Mr Woodmansey, but winning the week yet again, and he's already pointed it out, He's not on the recording, therefore he must win. It's nine points for Mr. Moore. Well done, sir. We'll give you a we'll give you a little round of applause for you to enjoy when inevitably you listen to this back, having missed all of our witticisms and banter. Mm. Lovely, lovely. Week 31 then. I can see her coming over the horizon quite quickly. And with her she brings one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven matches. Seven matches. The first of which sees Nottingham Forest taking on Matt's team, at Liverpool. Now, unfortunately, because he was sent oh, off. Whoa, whoa, dad, whoa, 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 whoa!
2: You just said Nottingham Forest taking on Matt's team, Liverpool. Let's get this right, because he's going to kick your ass if you don't correct that.
0: <laughs> I was going to let it. I was going to let it go. I was just going like, that's hilarious. I'll just leave that. I am I, I, I am also clipping it out as well and sending it to
1: him. I've, I personally have really enjoyed my time on the cookie cast. It's been one hell of a ride. Um, the ups, the downs. I, I'd like to say that I've been a, a, an OG member since day one. Uh, and unfortunately, when it comes to my, uh, my inevitable funeral that will be coming, as Matt flays me alive saying that he supports such a terrible team from merseyside i would like to say thank you to everyone for listening um, anyway we'll move on so matt's team nottingham forest versus liverpool now to so pull the curtain back slightly unfortunately matt was unable to get his predictions into us so i will leave the spaces blank To allow him the chance to get some predictions in and then we'll just cover them on next week's podcast to go through what he's predicted. So obviously, he
2: he can't go last. If he doesn't, then it means that he can't win next week. So, you know, there is that. That is true. Does it default that he gets nil-nils across the board? No, I I just don't. I don't even think that that's, like... No, but based around his previous performance, he could still put no predictions in and still not lose.
1: So... (laughs) (laughs) more than likely let's let's be honest so he can't go last because obviously he's not here so not even for versus liverpool i'll start us off unfortunately i can only see a liverpool win on this one i've gone 3-1 um i have got a one knee to score as old boy rule i mean he never technically played for liverpool but he was on the books there um, and then for Liverpool's goals, I've gone for one apiece from Nunez, Salah and Diaz. Uh, Stu, what have you got for uh, Forrest versus Liverpool? You
2: uh, may have been able to tell from the reaction that I also have a 1-3 to Liverpool. I also have a one ye for Forrest. Um, I also have Diaz as one of the Liverpool goal scorers, but my other two were Gakpo and Elliot.
1: Mainly for the earlier auction.
0: Andy. Seeing as Matt's not here, somebody's gotta back his team. So I've got Forest winning two one. I've got a one year and my favourite Simpsons character Hudson Odoidoi. and Salah uh, Sala to score for Liverpool.
1: Our second game of the week sees Preston North End taking on Mr Woodman's his Boys Hull City. Uh, Andy, what have you got down for Preston versus Hull? Preston nil Hull
0: 1 Philogene.
1: And your go, Philogene Philogene is not my striker. Oh, that's a point. Has anyone done that with the champ, With a chant? Yeah. Have yeah. they? Yeah, nobody can get in the right time. So, like,
2: two people are doing it bang on and the rest of them just sound like idiots. It's, it's too advanced for the people of Hull. It needs to be short and sharp and concise. We do not need a full chorus unless it's, you know... The, the, the weirdest one for me, whilst we're on this, is... To the tune of hey baby they sing hey baby i want to know uh, if you're alfie jones and that's like every time i hear it i'm like no
0: <laughs> you're wrong and you're you're a horrible hideous freak
1: no it, it says it says right here what my name is I'm, I'm back of my I've gone for a 2-2 draw here, Preston are in good form, um, and they're at home, and obviously they like to beat teams that, you know, are linked to this podcast, sadly. But I think at oh, Hull, I've got enough in them to get a point. Um, I've gone for Reese and Old Boy Rule Key to score for Preston, um, and then I've gone for Philogene and Carvalho to score for Hull. How do you see it panning out, the boys?
2: Similar. Um, I, I, I really, I really don't want us to lose because they've gone on this streak of the like the three wins and then um, a draw last weekend. Uh, they they need to just keep picking up points to stay in touch with this top six. But we ne- we never we never really seem to get unless it's the first day of the season, we never seem to get anything from Preston. Um, so I have I've gone for a 1-1 draw. I have also got keen for the old boy rule. Uh, but seeing as Andy mentioned Simpsons characters in the last uh, prediction, I've gone for Omer. That name may or may
1: not come up later in the, in the podcast
2: it would be a debut goal if he gets it and he's, he's got he's had a run in the side recently and he, he looks of, of all of the um, Turkish pickups um, he, he looks pretty handy to be fair so fingers crossed
1: he, uh, he gets off the mark hmm. our next game sees my boys Middlesbrough travelling to Stoke to take on Stoke City Um so obviously it's my team, so I will give my prediction last. All I'll say, boys, is I'm just looking at the uh, the form table for these. And this is two teams who could not be in worse form, really. They both have one win in six. Stoke have five losses to go along with that one win. Borough have four losses and a draw. Have at it. Andy, what have you got for Stoke versus Borough? I'd
0: like to see Borough just get back, get a goal. That's, that's all we need for Borussia right now. So it's uh, it's a 0-1 for me. Uh, Silvera to score.
1: Stu? You? Uh,
2: you absolutely hit the nail on the head for everything I've thought. So it's the uh, classic reset game. 0-0,
1: uh, please. Yep. If you don't think Burrow are going to concede a goal in this game, you are ridiculously bad. Um, unfortunately, I can't see anything other than a draw. But I, I just, I, I just can't see a way that we're going to keep a clean sheet because unless the chi- unless-, unless is, is fit, I, I, uh, they need to change the keeper as soon as possible because Glover is not instilling a lot of uh, a lot of faith in that back line. The five hundred. I've gone for a one-one draw. Um, I've gone for Lewis Baker because he did have a loan spell at Bury so Old would Run be, would be in a fourth. Um, and I've gone for Ryan McGree because I feel like he's not scored in what feels like about eight years. Um, so I would imagine he at some point. Our next game takes us to Sunday and is live on Sky Sports and I think it would be easy to say at this point that this could be described as a conflict of interests game and a win-win scenario, Mr Cook, I guess, technically, sort of, it is his adoptive team of Manchester City versus, let's not put any aspersions on this, but almost definitely the team that he would support if he was interested enough in football to support a team, Manchester United. Yes, that's correct, ladies and gentlemen. We've managed to bag ourselves the Manchester Derby on the podcast. It is Mr Cook's team, whichever way you slice it. So he will go last. I have gone for a 3-1 Manchester City win. Um, United played against Fulham at home at the weekend and looked, to all intents and purposes, Absolutely atrocious. Um, obviously, City are coming off the back of absolutely pasting Luton 6 2. So, I'd be worried if I was a Manchester United fan personally. I've gone for Harland to get two and Foden to get the other one. Garnacho to get a um, consolation of sorts for Manchester United. What do you reckon, Stu? What have you got for this one?
2: Uh, I I can't even see Man United scoring in this one. Um, quite honestly, last night out I, I, uh, I was very surprised that they even notched one against Forest. By the way that they were going, um, I I don't have, having kind of seen uh, like friends that are United fans this season go through it. I I, I don't know where that team is headed currently. They are the epitome of mixed bag. They t- they either turn up. Or not at all, but unfortunately it seems to be they turn up once in every fifteen games maybe. Um so I, I think they'll get stuffed. I've gone for I've gone for two nil Man City with Silver and Haaland to score. Okay. Um the
1: floor is yours, Mr Cook.
0: You I, I, guys know what that. I, it's time for Andy's prediction. It, it is. Uh, I I I once sat in the centre of Manchester on a Saturday afternoon when the uh, when the when the Manchester derby was about to kick off, and uh, that's not the only way it was about to kick off. As the uh, City fans came down the hill and the United fans came up the hill, and I was sat here going. It's time to leave. Um, <laughs> I have, have just gone with a very simple one-all draw. I've got Haaland scoring for Man City and Rashford scoring for United. As mentioned earlier, let's hope he has more joy
1: in this game than he did in that far all Absolutely. Our next game, and we're back in the East Riding as Hull City are taking on Birmingham City. Obviously, it's Mr. Woman's team who will go last. I've got a 2 0 Hull City win, and I've gone for the Turkish flair, a double, two fan and Umua or um however it's pronounced, uh, uh, and to his friends.
0: Uh, yeah, just a 1-0 just a Hull win with Sharp to score.
1: Going up, I presume? Correct. Yep,
0: yeah, back to
2: it. Um, Tuesday night, under the lights. Um, you know, I've got to make the most of this. the last part of this wintry shitty weather and we'll probably be freezing and piss wet through by the end of it. Um, and, and, and that's just happened had a beer. Um, so, I've gone for a 1-0 win with Philogene to score. The <laughs> thing I would say about yours, Andy, is Billy Sharp was signed as ooh, this is a bit of an exciting announcement. He'll bring some experience. Still haven't scored yet, and the in the West Brom game, they opted to bring on Aaron Connolly instead of Billy Sharp, which felt a bit weird to me, because like, the West Brom game felt like the perfect game for Billy Sharp, because it was, you know, get a bit of physicality amongst it and they've brung on bloody Captain Faster scene haven't they it's made of nothing Um, but still I I, hmm, I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes
1: next up is My Boys at Middlesbrough taking on Norwich City let's go to Andy for his prediction on Middlesbrough versus Norwich
0: so I went with um Borough getting back in, just getting a goal in, sorted. Now that they've got their eye back in, it's a 2-0 Borough win for me. Uh, I've got Silvera getting another one, and uh, got to get my Borough my dream team double in, so fours will get the other.
1: Oh, i love to see you. Uh, I've got 1-1.
2: Uh, As as you said before, it feels like it's been 84 years since Ryland McGree scored a goal. So, uh, McGree for me, and um, for no other reason than he has the surname, which is the same as my wife's name, uh, Sarah, or Sarah, or however
1: you want to pronounce it for Norwich. For this purpose, we'll pronounce it as Sarah. Um, I agree. I too have gone for a 1-1 draw, and I don't know if I was like, I just as I was filling out the book, I think I originally I put down a 2-1 win, and then I was like, what am I doing? Like, take off take off your red and white tinted spectacles, sir, and just put an honest prediction down, so I went for 1-1. Um, I've also gone for of to score, because obviously old boy rule is all I can think of at this particular time. Um, I and then I've gone for thing. the Norwich goal. I've gone for Fastnacht, because... Funny name, sounds a bit like knack as so we end the week with a first for this season's podcast. We have a European tie to discuss. Ooh It's Mr Cook's adopted side of Manchester City, the second leg of their Champions League round of sixteen tie against FC Kerbenhaven or Copenhagen for us English speakers. Obviously, it's Mr. Cook's team, therefore, he will give us breakfast last. Man City go into this game. Let me just double check. 3 1 ahead on aggregate from the first leg. I don't think that's going to matter, as I think they will run out on this one. 4 0 winners. Got a hat trick for Haaland and a goal for Alvarez. Stu, what have you got for City versus Covent
2: Nil to Manchester City. Um, Was well, two? Uh, uh, two, yeah, two nil. I've gone for captain assist himself, so De Bruyne to get on the score sheet with his, you know, since his return, his lovely, flowing, gingery flop. Um, and Phil Foden.
1: He does seem to be in a bit of a, a rich goal scoring vein at the moment, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him notch yet again. Go on then, Andy, for your... What could be the last time as your boys, what do you see them doing against Copenhagen?
0: I've just gone down for a 1-0 win. Alvarez to score.
1: Will be more than enough to see them into the last 16. No, so this is the last 16, the last 8. Obviously, anything other than a 3-0 Copenhagen win, and they will be through. That brings us to the end our predictions ladies and gentlemen obviously like you said with mr moore if he if he's able to get some predictions into me before the end or before the start of the weekend games i'll add them to the book and he will be eligible for points in the week i believe mr woman so you have some odds for us i do um and just whilst the the page
2: is loading for said odds um i will will say that there's been um a little bit of fun city news again this week in the sense of much like last year uh, the owner has decided that he's going to take uh, a group of fans to the warm weather training camp in Antalya in Turkey in around about three weeks time Um, the only difference from this year to last year is that um, I would actually be now eligible to possibly be selected to go which is never going to happen but it would be lovely um, and an awful lot of fun so um yeah I, I mean i'll let you know when i absolutely don't get that phone call but um it's it's happening again um you don't have to do it at all i think it's dead nice pick, i think they pick 50 people and then you can take a guest with you nice. um, so yeah anyway the, the odds for this week are as follows. So for Nottingham Forest, Hull and Middlesbrough to beat their respective opponents, that will net you odds of around, or almost, 35-1. to 1, uh, Without being awful, he's not here to tell me off, but I assume that is because Nottingham Forest are playing Liverpool this week. Um, if you're not so confident in the three teams, you might want to bet against them. So for Stoke, Preston and Liverpool to win, that gives you odds of just a shade over 10 to 1. Uh, and as always, the astronomical odds come with all three teams notching draws. Uh, that will give you odds of just over 47 to 1. So as much as three points would be nice for each of the teams, if that isn't going to happen, if you could all draw, that would also be better. Thank you for much.
1: Nice work, they have it, then, gentlemen. Another week in the box, quite literally. Thank you as always for these two gentlemen for uh, for joining me to go through the details of their teams. Um, join us again next week, where fingers crossed, Mr the will be back amongst with us, giving us uh, another lowdown on inevitably something that's pissed him off about Nottingham Forest. That'll probably be the owner doing something wacky, probably sacking the manager and playing his... Gardener or something like that to take over. Who Mark knows? With you are
2: instantly promoting Mark Clattenburg to manager.
1: Well, he is of course their referee guy. Something. Who knows? We'll discuss it next week. Probably, but probably not. Yes, as always. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, for listening and watching. Uh, come back next week, but we'll do it all all over again for you. Until then, take care of yourselves. Look out for each other, and
0: we'll see you next week. Have a So there you go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another one gone. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to come. Matt, we miss you, but hopefully we uh, we did we did you justice. You and your uh, and, and your team. Wink, wink. Big thank you for watching, big thank you for listening, big thank you for being here. Before you go, I can ask you to do a couple of little things. Like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave reviews where you can leave reviews and uh, check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button and that way you can get in touch with us. That is it for this week. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.
2: Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.